0: High-speed rail lines connect the cities of northern Italy with a degree of efficiency that the older and slower trains in the south can only dream of. Tim Parks has lived in Italy since 1981, and he commutes to work by rail from his home in Verona. In his book, Italian Ways On and Off the Rails from Milan to Palermo, Tim paints a wry and affectionate portrait of what a train trip across Italy can show you. Tim, thanks for being here. Thanks. Good to be here. When you go to Italy and you use the trains, first of all, there are some classic rides. You've spent a lot of time riding around Italy. What are some of the the greatest stretches just to make sure you're looking
1: out the window and enjoying where you are? Well, I don't think you can go to Italy now without using the high-speed train and just getting a feel of really what modern train travel is about. So get on that train in Milan and go down at least to Florence with the wonderful succession of tunnels and then marvelous hillscapes with vines and Mm. fruit trees and so on and then back into the tunnel again. And Mm. and there's just an extraordinary... you're, You're traveling up to 200 miles an hour and it's extremely smooth, safe, rapid, wonderful experience. From that train, if you took a look at Leonardo's
0: Mona Lisa before you left and look at the background in that painting, just the dreamy Tuscan countryside and then you're going through Tuscany and Umbria, you'll see that same background right
1: there today out the window of the train. Absolutely, but whipped away from you. Of course, there's not just that background. There are also some uh, interesting industrial escapes. Yeah, the reality but, of today. But yeah. yeah, if you travel along the coast, for example, from France into Italy, which was my first experience of Italy when I was, I think, 19, again, you have a wonderful experience of a train rattling a bit more in this case, Through tunnels and then views of the Mediterranean and the steep hills going down into the sea. There are other absolutely classic rides. I mean, one thing for those few people who really do go down to the far south is to get trains in Calabria, which is the toe of Italy, along the south coast Mm -hmm. and go right across to Puglia. They're very, very small trains, just two carriages. Perhaps a little smelly sometimes with the diesel fumes Mm -hmm. because they're not electrified. But it's really an extraordinarily dreamy experience and very, very beautiful, yeah. Just uh, a little more on that northern
0: idea. Going along the Italian Riviera from Genoa over toward Florence, it's half tunnels and half glorious uh, Mediterranean seascapes and terraced hillsides and sleepy little ports. And it's so fun to be looking at the black wall of the tunnel and then wham, you just slam down all this color and this light. And then you're back into the tunnel and you don't know what's next but then, bam, you're slammed by all this glorious Mediterranean beauty. Just love
1: it. You put it very well, Ring.
0: Oh, yeah. I've You've done, done it. it. I love that. <laughs> you got but... it. <laughs> you know the feeling. You know the Absolutely. feeling.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there's a wonderful, especially in the older trains, which have slightly rattling windows, there is a wonderful wham when the train comes out of the tunnel and it comes together with this explosion of light sparkling sea particularly and you know what and then it's gone you know it's been taken away from you it's wonderful i kind of like the classic trains that have this
0: patina of the old days or whatever you've got the the doors and the curtains and the little bit dirty windows and the rhythm of the rail and the toilets that you can look through and see the tracks underneath Uh, talk a little bit about that sort of reality of the good old trains of italy
1: We've got a huge range of carriages, obviously, in Italy now, from those modern monsters that are like being inside an aeroplane to some extremely old things. My favourites are the intercity trains from the 1980s, which have these rather noble carriages and compartments which fit six people and they have all kinds of switches for doing things like changing the ventilation and changing the lighting and mm-hmm. and moving your headrest and stuff like this. None of these things work anymore. I was going to say they don't work. I, <laughs> I've, I've fiddled with those tax. air
0: conditioning switches forever, and I finally yeah, just opened and the window.
1: Curtains and so on. And what's wonderful about them is this feeling that there's a past there that you're no. I mean, they still have no smoking signs when now you can't smoke anywhere anyway. So the toilets i'm less enamored of than you obviously are <laughs> uh, partly because of <laughs> partly because i know how much they can smell from a distance but it is wonderful looking in in any old vehicle the kind of ideas of what the future was or what luxury was years and years ago for example the curtains they put inside compartments so that the people in the compartment could close the curtains and not be looked at by people in the corridor. Of course, all this had to go when people started getting scared that they would be assaulted or raped whenever they went into a carriage. And people used to use them rather meanly, like there'd be just two people in a compartment and they would draw the curtains, hoping that other people wouldn't look in and join them and so on and so forth. And I remember a million times standing outside a compartment in a full train thinking, am I going to open despite the closed curtains? <laughs> You'd open them and maybe find people kissing a little bit too intimately on the, etc., etc. You
0: sit down in a compartment with two people intimately uh, embraced
1: and you feel like... Well, in those cases, I'm quite here. generous and live them <laughs> to it. But You'd sit
0: on the little foldable chair in the aisle?
1: Well, I might have done on, on occasions when I was feeling very generous. But You're a
0: nicer guy than me.
1: Other times you'd find that some mean old businessman is just, just trying to stake out the whole place to <laughs> I himself.
0: Know well on an overnight train on an overnight train you'll find somebody closes the door and he stretches out and he'll have you sitting in the aisle all night
1: so he oh, can stretch out. And in that case well, I have case, to watch my language on the I this just show, say, I guess, Excuse Rick,
0: me, we're all in this right. together. Sit up
1: <laughs> Absolutely. What, one of my big ones with trains is moving seats. I just refuse to sit near anybody causing me trouble
0: late at night on those trains, you have to be careful that some people are looking for an altercation, and it's best to get up and move and not make any point. Just get up and go to another car. Or a lot of times around Naples, you know, you've got some ruffians on the trains late at night. I think you might want to sit closer to the conductor's compartment and this sort of thing, so you are more safe after dark on the trains.
1: Yeah, I don't think we need to go to Naples to find the ruffians. Right. I think There are plenty of those all over the place, but It's always wise just to move to another carriage on a train if if things are getting noisy. I'm Rick Steves. This is
0: Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking train travel in Italy with Tim Parks, who's probably done more train travel than anybody we've ever talked to. Tim has spent three decades commuting all over Italy by train, and he's written a book about it, about how train culture connects with the Italian culture. The book is called Italian Ways, On and Off the Rails from Milan to Palermo. So I don't know many words, but I do know shopero, strike in Italian, and... uh, as travelers, we should be aware of that. If there is a train strike, I find it's sort of a nuisance strike, and, and you still go to the station and you, and you try to struggle your way to your destination. What's your take on that?
1: Well, again, this is a big anthropological thing. Italians hate a final conflict showdown, so strikes in Italy are never what strikes are in the U.K. or the U.S.A., where people down tools and they won't go back to work until there's some agreement. The strikes are usually one-day strikes. Uh, They're mainly to irritate their employers and try Mm -hmm. and shift something. Nobody ever knows what the strikes are really about. They usually happen on a Friday so that the workers can get along a weekend. Hmm. So when there's a strike in Italy, it's so negotiated and compromised that that you can actually get on the Internet or inside the station itself. There will be what's called a strike timetable, and there will be essential services to most places And so a strike really isn't a strike in many ways. But as always in Italy, it's not a country for beginners. It's not a country where everybody's going to explain to you very quickly what's going on. You have to kind of know the ropes a little bit or or get some help. And you can flex in a way that
0: even the chaos works to your favor. Like when I go to an Italian station, if my train is late, the train before me that I assumed I would miss might also be late and coming in in just a few minutes. So you got to look at that train's departing imminently schedule, not the printed schedule, but that one right up in the center of the wall where you <laughs> enter the station. And there you see what's really happening. You could even be half hour late, but still look at that board because there's a pretty good chance that you've still got a train leaving in a few minutes.
1: Absolutely. Stay wide awake when you get to the station, that's for sure. You might find if you go down to a place like Palermo that what's happening on the... Announcements board bears absolutely no relationship (laughs) to what's actually happening out on the platforms. That's happened to me. Oh, is that right? That takes it one step further. Yeah, that's right. So you've got to be out on the platform. there's some of that with the private trains, too, where the rail system run by the state network doesn't give you the information you need to get on the private train. So if you're traveling on a private train, the Italo, for example, which is a wonderful, fast private train, you have to be a little bit careful about the announcements. Mm -hmm. As for strikes, I love traveling at strike time because most workers will use a rail strike as an excuse for not going to work. Whereas, in fact, the trains will be, some trains will be running and they'll be empty. So it's great. You know, I've noticed that because
0: I'm just hell bent to get to my next town on this day and there's a strike. So my standard is just to go to the station and find out what's going on, and take the next train going in that direction, even if it's not going all the way. Then I get off as far as I can and then talk out over again and keep going. And I would have thought the trains would be mobbed, but the trains are invariably laid back and relaxed, and you're just a couple hours delayed, and the strike becomes a fun memory.
1: Well, trains can get mobbed sometimes, but mm-hmm. but yes, the strikes are, the, are almost the time when they're not going to be mobbed because nobody's going to try and travel, yeah.
0: So, Tim, a lot of us are dreaming about going to Italy and we have dealing with the Italian trains and the chaos and trying to get the most out of the culture and celebrate all the uniqueness of Italy uh, because it's certainly not Denmark. How can we get the most out of our trip when it comes to using the trains thoughtfully?
1: Well, the first thing I'd say is don't think of the train just as a way of getting from A to B. Don't think of it just, I'm in a big hurry to be in Rome, so what's the fastest train and, oh, damn, it's 10 minutes late, and stuff like that. Travel on different kinds of trains, use the fast train, use the regional trains, go to smaller places, and above all, look at the way people are behaving on the trains. Try the first class, try the second class. Look at the design of the trains. Italians are just fantastic designers. You'll find even the way they've done repairs to the seat upholstery, they'll make it look as though if it was a design feature at the beginning. There are just so many little things to look at, the way they use their mobile phones, which is definitely different from the way people use them in other countries, and so on and so forth. Just, like, make the train trip part of the sightseeing because every nation expresses itself the way it does complicated things like set up a a train network. And the Italian train network is is a very special thing. Even when it comes to the rolling minibar and you want a little
0: tiny cup of coffee...
1: Yeah, the rolling minibar and a little cup of coffee and you're going to get into a very complicated business of receipts which are going to be pulled off a little package and put in your hand and you're told that you have to hold on to them for the rest of the trip in case you get an inspection. And if they find that you've had a coffee and see the coffee cup there and that you haven't got a receipt, there's going to be all kinds of trouble because you'll be suspected of buying it under etc., etc.
0: Life is good in Italy. There you go. Tim Parks, grazie mille for the uh, fascinating insight into the Italian culture via the Italian rails.
1: Grazie, Rick. risentirsi. È stato bellissimo. Each year, Rick Steves' tour
0: guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Italy and beyond, one small group at a time. This year, we're featuring tours of Venice, Florence, and Rome, the heart of Italy, village Italy, south italy and sicily for a free catalog and rick's tour experience dvd visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com